start to worship the Lord, come into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart. Good to have everybody with us this morning. 
to shake up the order of worship a little bit and keep you all guessing. But uh, it's just like it is in the bulletin, so you're covered. I'm going to read just a quick verse from First Chronicles chapter 16. It goes along with our praise singing this morning. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among the people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. And let's have our invocation prayer. Father, we thank you this morning that you are here with us. Um, help us to feel your presence intensely, your guiding spirit. Help him to speak to our hearts, confirm the message, and give us advice and bring to our recollection things that we've learned in the past the good things that you've done in our lives already. And we pray that you will continue to speak to us and to lead and guide us, and we will give you all the praise. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Y'all know about giving. I'm not going to go there again. But uh, don't forget today, uh, 3 p.m., they're going to will be singing at the guest house. Uh, for those that are interested. And uh, especially don't forget next Sunday, all you uh, guys and kids out there, we're all kids of somebody, but uh, for those that uh, have mothers or mothers who um, may not be a biological, but they've helped raise you, or they've taught you along the way, or they've mentored you. Uh, all the ladies participate in uh, mothering us, and we're glad of it. But don't forget next Sunday. Um, I think that'll do, and we'll get back to our praise and worship. Thank you. Okay, believe it or not, it's time for May birthdays and May anniversaries. So let's sing first, let's sing happy birthday. And you can see whose birthday is in May up here on the screen. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. to stand. Let's stand and continue. Did I scare you? I'm sorry. Yeah, stand up. <laughs> My voice is a little rough this morning. I tell you, 
the old devil knows we got some good stuff going on with us. And he's bothering the praise team today. Miss Pat's sick. I've been sick this last week, but I was determined I was going to be here. And I know some of y'all have been struggling with sinus and different things. So he's not going to win, though, is he? Because we're pushing forward. Let's sing Trust and Obey. Yeah. 
young people can go out, those that are ready. Before I do the prayer request, um, I'd like to have Brooke come up for a second, please. Our technology guru is graduating Saturday. And the church would like to uh, give her a little gift, and it's my privilege to pass it on and say good luck in all your endeavors. And uh, we'll be praying for open doors. How's that? Thank you. Also, uh, for prayer concerns, we have uh, uh, Larry Lawson family. Uh, remember BJ and the kids, and and uh, there were a host of friends at the service, uh, and it was an opportunity for Pastor Dan to speak to them and uh, encourage them in their walk of life. Uh, we also want to remember Sharon Worsham's family uh, and her passing. And uh, Pastor Ray Owens is still under the weather and, uh, and not doing well. He's got a, several things going on at the same time. Uh, along with that, we're glad to see Marlon in church this morning. But um, this, I am not Marlon, by the way. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't preface that. Uh, but we're glad you're, you're up to coming. Uh, also, uh, Sandy Adams uh, facing surgery. And uh, we're thankful that uh, Donna had good surgery results this week. No? It's, it's this week. Excuse me. We'll be praying about the surgery this week. Uh, and uh, for Blanche Harris as well. Um, and there are others that are shut in or in need of special touch this morning. And um, we pray that uh, they'll all be, if, if you have unmentioned uh, prayer requests, that uh, those will be on your heart and, and we'll all be in agreement that those will be met. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you this morning uh, for your many promises, for your love and guidance, for your deliverance from uh, a wasted life. I thank you especially that on a fairly young age, you spoke to me and led me to change the direction of my life. And there are many others who need to hear that message, and we pray that uh, you will strengthen us and uh, bring to our hearts those that we meet from day to day uh, that need uh, a blessing, that need to hear about Jesus in a, a better way, his way. Father, we praise you this morning for
not only the promises that you've made, but for the plan that you have in place uh, for our salvation. And we pray that you'll give us the, the strength and the courage to, to share that love and your grace with others. And perhaps give somebody just a lift on a day or uh, reach out and help when we can. Father, we pray that you will continue to work with us and help us to grow daily and draw closer to you. And we pray that you'll be in the message this morning and give us uh, special insight as we need it. And... Uh, Help us to take it to heart. We thank you this morning for your scripture and for the promises there, for the prophecy that come down to us, for uh, your chosen people over the years. And we thank you that uh, you've entrusted us with your word and we pray that you will help us to take it to heart and to remember it always. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Before Pastor Dan comes and brings us God's word, let's sing this beautiful song, Sanctuary. and we uh, all pray for you and your success and for your, the ways that the Lord leads you. And we appreciate you very much. Don't forget us. Okay. And I appreciate all of you that are here this morning. I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for your, uh, your graciousness in all things that you do so very well. And uh, this is a... Uh, good group of people. There are several that have been sick this morning, including Bryce, who is also sick. And so uh, I'm glad that we're here to carry on, though, aren't we? 
Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, I have a few portions of Scripture that I want to read to you. First from Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. And then we'll be turning to uh, St. John uh, chapter 20. And I'll be reading a, a few portions of Scripture there. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Listen to this. This was one of my mother's favorite scriptures, so it's implanted in me, so look out. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. You ever try to figure out what's going on in our minds and in our hearts? Peace is for those whose mind is stayed on him above because he trusts in thee. And then I want to read from St. John, and I preached on this a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to take out portions, portions, <clears throat> excuse me, of, um, of, of verses from three scriptures here. The first one is chapter 20, verse 19. And again, it's the story of Jesus appearing to his disciples uh, on, the, on the evening of his resurrection. And he comes to his disciples and he makes a statement. He says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Now, this was a greeting that was passed on uh, among the Jewish people that every time that they would meet, they would greet each other with peace. And so just for a moment this morning, I'm going to interact a little bit. And I want you to just turn around to somebody close to you and say, peace unto you. Go ahead, try it. It'll do wonders in your life. And then notice, notice down in verse 21, Jesus says to them, he reaffirms what he has just said, and he says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And then on the time that Thomas appears in verse 26, Jesus once again uses this same terminology. And he says, peace be with you. And I want to share this morning, I want to give you his peace this morning. And everything that we strive to do in life, it can be done in peace. And so we're going to talk about this morning being at peace. Dr. Reverend Lloyd Ogilvie, who was a former chaplain of the United States Senate, writes in his journal, while he was hiking in the deep woods of northern Ontario, and as the sun is setting, Ogilvie, who has who's been exploring these woods for most of the day, realizes something. He's lost. Now, I don't know about you, but has any of you ever been lost? Hey, I have been lost in West Monroe, Louisiana. 
I've been lost not knowing how to get home. And thank God for a, a trusty, and I say trusty because there are untrusty GPSs. I was following a GPS once and it took me to the middle of a lake. And I said, whoa, this is not right. It's a terrible feeling to be lost. Dr. Ogilvy was lost. And as he continued his hike, his concern began to increase. He attempted to make his way back to some kind of civilization, he writes. After a while, he came to what looked like was an overgrown path. And thinking that this might be the way, he followed it for several minutes. Then in the distance, he saw an old worn out sign and on it was an arrow and these old faded words on an old piece of timber. This is the only way out. Ogilvy took the sign's advice and soon found it to the main road. If life's questions and decisions were that easy, to have someone say, this is the way, go in it. Go left or go right. I, I like it when the GPS will say, turn left in 500 feet. Well, you're right there, and you don't know whether you're supposed to turn right, left or right, but it says five feet, and then it goes on down, and it says, after you keep on going, it says you've just passed your turn. <laughs> that does not bring peace and serenity to you. But if someone could just give us a sign and point us in a direction, any direction, but life's woods and weeds aren't always as kind as they were to Dr. Lloyd Ogilvie. For sometimes we all know that it's very difficult to know what to do and what choices to make, especially when the sun is setting on a situation in our lives. And we have all been there. Some of them have been difficult situations from the time that we even uh, I chose who to uh, marry. Well, it was a difficult decision. To the time you chose to have children. To a time you chose to follow Christ. Or to follow your friend's advice. Or to follow what someone is saying. The world is saying. It's really tough. Wouldn't it be so nice if someone would say, this is the way, go in it. There are many in our society today that spend a lot of time and energy just trying to find peace about where to go and what to do. I can tell you today that there are millions of people in our world today that look to their daily newspapers and, 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 and they don't look for the sports scores or the status of the stock market, but they look for their horoscopes. They want something to give them the benefit of the doubt on this is what's right. There's others that turn to fortune telling or to magic. Still others dial, dial up psychic hit lines. 
All of this simply to get some kind of glimpse, a peace for their future. Now the timing in our scripture this morning is about 12 hours after the first witness saw Jesus from the grave. The scene is a private home. The characters are his disciples. There were at this time 11 because Judas was not there for obvious reasons. They were the best students of Jesus. I like to look at this congregation as the best students of Jesus because you're followers of Jesus. The mood in this room is one of fear and turmoil. They are frightened for their life. And here is what happened. In the day of Jesus, he comes and he says, peace be with you. Just rest and think about those words from the master this morning in your life. And whatever may be going on in your life. Whatever may be on your heart that probably maybe you've never shared before to anybody. Peace be with you. The word peace has strong connotations. It's more than just a greeting. It comes from the Hebrew and is pronounced shalom. Now I haven't done it yet, but several years ago, Lynn and I went to the Holy Land and we, I saw this little sign that goes on the door. It's got a little chain around it and it says shalom. And I used to always put it on my office door. But Nancy, I haven't put a hole in that door yet. Shalom, which means well-being and wholeness to you. So when Jesus says to his frightened, dismayed disciples, peace be with you, he is in effect saying, it is well with you. It is well with your soul. The word peace encompasses a person's entire state of being. It encompasses their physical health, their emotional health, their spiritual health. I want you to know that peace does not mean to be in peace where a place where there is no trouble. Peace comes in the midst of our sufferings and in, in the midst of our indecisiveness, in the midst of our trouble, that's where peace can be found. Peace means to be in the midst of all those things and still maintain calmness in our hearts. This is what Jesus gives to the Christian today, the follower of him, those that believe in him, peace. Hey, it's peace about your past. It's peace about your present. It's peace about your future because you have a hope within you that is brighter than the darkest, the clearest day. Now, as Jesus gives peace to his disciples, in other words, he's saying, I will give you wholeness, total wholeness, of everything that I am, the kingdom, everything that the kingdom represents, I, I give you wholeness today. And if I could say this, I would say that Jesus would say, 
Have a picture of what perfection is. And think about it, and that will make you whole. Not only did Jesus say very, something very significant when he said, peace be with you. He did something very revealing. For after the words were spoken, he showed the disciples his hands, once pierced with nails, and then he pulled up his robe and revealed his side, that part of him that was gouged with a sword. Three days earlier, his body was bruised beyond recognition. But as he stood before the disciples, he gave them proof of who he was. The broken body of our Lord was miraculously put back together and made whole. And so when Jesus gives us peace and gave the disciples his peace, he was putting the body back together again. And when I say that, I say even the church today needs to be pulled back in. We are put together and pieced together in peace because of the sufferings of Jesus. His body was broken for us today. And that's why we have peace. He showed them the wholeness and put togetherness of his own body. And he let them know in word and deed that God can do this, bring peace. That we serve a God of resurrection power, a life-giving, flesh-healing, spirit-breathing God. A Jesus that is not only talked about, but a Jesus that was living proof that we can have peace today. Three things that I suggest to you that Jesus brought to the disciples in our scripture here in John. First of all, first of all he brought the evidence of his sufferings. His hands and his feet, his side. You know what peace is? Peace is having the scars of suffering. And Jesus bears the scars of bringing us peace today. Peace is not cheap. That peace costs a great price. Jesus gives us evidence of his sufferings. He's able to grant us peace because he had peace even in the midst of his storm. I like the story of Jesus and the disciples says the disciples were going across the Sea of Galilee. Jesus said, I'll meet you on the other side. And it was dark, it was towards evening time and the disciples set out in their boats, their fishing boats to go to the other side. And lo and behold, as only on the Sea of Galilee can take place, it can be sunny one minute and pouring down rain the next. Well, they got about halfway across the Sea of Galilee. The wind started to blow. The storm clouds started to twirl. It began to pour down rain. The winds began to come over the ship. And lo, they were scared. They were frightened. Sometimes we get in the midst of our situations and we get frightened too, don't we? But then... In the distance, they see a figure 
And at first they said, who is that? And one of them says, well, that's a ghost. I'm afraid of ghosts. I went and hung up, went under the bed, hid under the bed when ghosts came. Another one would say, that's a figment of our imagination. And then walking on those waves, they soon recognized that it was their friend, Jesus, walking beside their boat. And they invited him into the boat. Jesus gets into the boat. What are you, what are you afraid of? Who are you afraid of? You ever been in a boat that's taken on water? I have. Somebody forgot to put the plug in the boat. Very scary. Jesus gets on board. He simply puts out his hands. He says, peace. Be still. The winds stopped howling. The waves started beating into the boat. The rain stopped. The clouds cleared. You see, that's the picture of peace. That when we set our hearts to the drumbeat of Christ, we can see him in our everyday activities. We can see him in all of our decisions. But I want you to know there's a price to be paid to find peace. Jesus paid the price for our peace when he died on the cross and was raised from the tomb. The second thing that Jesus brings to the disciples was joy. If you look in this, in this particular verse, number 20, it says, the disciples therefore rejoiced when the Lord said, peace be to you. They rejoiced because peace is a rest a release of the stress. The disciples were entering the building with fear and trembling, afraid that their lives were going to be taken. But Jesus came and their sadness turned to joy. Joy brings peace and peace brings joy. Jesus said, peace unto you. I know I seem like I'm repeating myself many times this morning, and I, that is the, my intention. Because in the midst of your stress, look to the one that's walking aside the boat with you and have peace this morning. When God's in control, there's peace. Somebody say amen. amen. You all have experienced that peace, haven't you? Peace that passes all understanding. It's a peace I can't describe this morning because it's a peace that only God can give. Well, the third thing that Jesus brings to his disciples is confidence. Confidence. To Thomas, the doubting Thomas, he said, Peace to you, Thomas. It is well. It's okay. He brought the peace, he brought wholeness to Thomas and to the other followers. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ 
rule in your hearts. Key to peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The disciples could now go on with their lives because they understood the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That he rose again to live in them and to give them confidence even as Christ had confidence in the midst of his earthly travels. Well, I want to uh, give you some suggestions on how to receive and operate in his peace. It'd be really not very good if I told you about peace, but I didn't tell you to have, how to have peace, did I? How to receive and operate in this peace that Jesus says, peace unto you. Number one is this. Believe, believe, have faith, that God has a will for you. A will for you. Do you believe that you were destined to live with Christ and have peace? By the way, on Wednesday nights, a commercial right here, Wednesday nights, I'm starting a study on understanding our destiny and inheritance as a Christian. And it's going to go for several weeks. Uh, so I don't know where the first week's going to end and the second week picks up. I'm just going to go on down the line here. And it's, it's several weeks, but it is going to tell us about our destinies and God's will for the Christian's life. I hope that you'll come. It's very interesting. I did an intense study on that several years ago and I keep adding to it and adding to it. I might do that. May preach here for the next 10 years on that. I don't know. I got so much stuff. But believe that God has a will for you. God has a plan for your life. I don't care how young or how old you are this morning. God has a plan for your life. There's an old song that we sang that says, there is a place of joy and peace near to the heart of God. And I want to say this morning, if our hearts are in tune with Christ, we can understand, we can hear his voice and we can understand his ways in a more complete way. Paul said, Remember his great uh, conversion. And he reminds us of that conversion in Acts. When he says, Acts 22, he says to them, when, when, when Paul was, was, was first struck on the road to Damascus, he, was, he said to the Lord, he said, what shall I do? Where shall I go? And the directions from God in Acts 22 says, There you will be told, go to find Ananias. And there you shall be told all that you have been assigned to do. The place is God has a will and he has an assignment for each one of our lives. He has an assignment for us. He has an assignment for Cyprus Church. Cyprus Street Church. Keep leaving the street out. Please forgive me. Cypress Street Church. He's got a plan. He's got an assignment for us. If we are to operate in peace, it will not be by doing our own thing or operating by our own decisions. 
but by listening to Christ and experiencing his peace. Number two, continually listen to God. Do you know what it's like to listen to God? How long has it been since you've heard his voice? There's methods to listening. We listen through the word of God. And it's important that we come together at times like this. There's times that we have Bible study and we share in the word of God because that's how we hear what God speaks. He speaks so much better to, uh, uh, to many of us as he does when we're all by ourselves sometimes. We listen to God through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You ever had those uh, moments in your life that says, you know, I really need to do this, but I really don't want to. And you argue within yourself, I really want to do this. I, I really ought to do this. And then you don't do it. I've had those times where I've listened to those voices and the times that I haven't listened to those voices. I want to tell you, I've missed out on a lot because I didn't listen to the promptings that God gave me in my heart. Conviction. God speaks to us through conviction. It's important what you believe as a Christian. It's important what you see as truth in the word of God. And that will lead your convictions on what type of person you are going to be in the kingdom of God. We listen to God through his comfort. We shared Friday in the funeral of BJ's husband. And I, I didn't know BJ's husband. But I tell you what, I was there to give some peace. And we were all there. Those that were at that funeral, we were there giving peace from God into that situation. We are operating as comforters many times. We do the work of the Holy Spirit when we surround those that need peace in their life. Through events, through circumstances, we all hear God. Well, the third thing is this. If we're going to experience peace, we've got to continue to pursue that peace. Continue always to pursue the peace of God. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 5 verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Peacemakers are sons of God. And I'll let you be girls of God if you want to, daughters of God. Whatever you call it, the children of God are peacemakers. We need to continually pursue the peace of God. And it's a passionate pursuit. I want nothing to know nothing but the direction that God is leading me. And that is a, a, a road of peace. Why were so many people in the earlier days of the church, when they were put in, uh, uh, where they were persecuted and where they were tormented and they were burned at the stake and they were crucified upside down. Well, how was they able to do that? And their testimonies are, they died raising their hands and worshiping the Lord. Why? They were people of peace. They pursued peace in everything they did in every aspect of their life. Henry Blackaby wrote a book called Experiencing God. And in that book, he states, 
Find out what God is doing and do it. Join in. Not God bless what I'm trying to do. That's how we run our lives, isn't it, sometimes? We make our choices without sometimes seeking the Lord's advice and we, we're bound and determined we're going to do our thing and so we try to do it. Pursue the peace of God always for peace. Pursue his word and take opportunities to know his word and allowing him to speak peace into each one of your circumstances. And then pray. Pray to and pray in the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand this several years ago. When I was young in the ministry, I'll tell you the truth, I just didn't know how to pray. I thought I knew how to pray. But you know, we seem to pray so much for specific things in our life. Reminded of Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 26, that Paul says, listen to this, in the same way the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for our own understanding. Then he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. There's sometimes I just don't know how to pray. And sometimes all I want to do is sit down and cry. Do y'all feel anybody like that? Yes, sit down. It's hopeless, God. I don't know what to do. And God says, hey, just pray. Begin to pour your spirit out to me. Tell me how you really feel about something. Tell me about what's inside. Tell me what's in your mind. Tell me what the circumstances is. Whisper a prayer in the morning. Whisper a prayer at noon. Whisper a prayer in the evening to keep your heart in tune. It says we don't know how to pray. But that's where our dependence upon the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit, who is a part of God, the third personality of God, he knows what the will of God is. And so he is able to pray for us and he takes those burdens that we we pass on to him in our prayers and he takes them to the Father and he prays for us. And boy, that is a relief. And we know that God knows and I don't have to worry about it anymore. Now the physical part out, the, the human part is, hey, I want to take those back. And I want to, I, I, well, I've given it to the Lord, but I want to take it on back. And that's not where peace is at. Give it to God and leave it. It's an old song uh, that we sang, says entitled, Leave It There. Uh, leave your burdens with the Lord and leave it there. And that's what we used to have altar people would come to the altars and sometimes, you know, Christians and saints and, and, and sinners and everybody alike, if they had a need, they'd just come to the altar and they'd leave it there and they'd get up with peace that passes all understanding. Pursue God. Pray continually to pursue his peace. Now, I want to give you three points and I've got five minutes to do that. Mike, you, you got your class. Are you teaching class today? Oh, boy. All right. Three things I want you to confess today. 
Remember, Jesus said, peace unto you. And that's for you personally this morning. That's for me personally. Take it personally. It's not just in a sermon. It's in the word of God. And he passes that on down to us today. Peace unto you. I expect you to take peace with you out those doors this morning, okay? But first of all, we got to confess something. We confess that I can be with peace. I can be at peace with my past. I can be at peace with my past. Thomas and Peter didn't have a real good past about defending Christ, did they? But Jesus forgave them. And they were able to come to peace with their past. Romans 8.1 says, There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I want you to know this morning that God does not condemn any of you this morning. Do you know Jesus didn't come to condemn us? He came to give us life. He says, I didn't come to condemn the world, but I want the world to be saved through me. Be at peace with your past. Gee, the, the word of God says we don't have to carry any more, any more of our past with us. We're free from the past. We're free from what happened this morning when you were arguing with your husband or wife on the way to church. It's forgiven. I'm sure none of you have ever had that. I have. Number two, it's very simple. I can be at peace with my present. I can be at peace with my present. Forgiveness and grace. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 6, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are our debtors. There is no rebuke and no scolding. I used to be a hellfire and brimstone preacher, but God transformed me to be what I am today. I had people uh, leaving church sometimes like they were, they felt like they were a wiener that had been roasted over a hot stove. And that's not what Jesus come to do. I become very convicted about that. Jesus called me to bring life and forgiveness and peace to the body of Christ. And I can be with, at peace with my present because I have been forgiven and I have moved up and I have grown in my relationship with him and I have found peace. Now, I haven't got the whole peace picture yet, but I'm still growing into it. I think we all do. The spirit bears witness with our spirit today that we are children of God. Does your spirit bear witness by your peace this morning? Bear witness that you are a child of God. You have washed your robes in the cleansing fountain. You are a child of God. And lastly, I can be at peace with my future. Romans 8, 14 says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, all, not just certain people, not just preachers, not just deacons or elders or leaders, but all who are being led by the Spirit these are sons of God. And as I look out in our congregation this morning, I see children of God because you are at peace. Amen? Amen. Peace.
be unto you. That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is staged on thee, stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Okay, somebody say wrap up. Uh, who said that? <laughs> Somebody's listening. <laughs> there once was a king who offered a prize to the artist who could paint the best picture of peace. Many, many artists tried. And the king looked at all the pictures that he was given but there really was only two that he really liked. And he had to choose who would be the winner between the two. One picture piece that was painted was of a calm lake. The lake was a perfect mirror. You've seen those lakes that you see your reflection on and they reflect almost just perfectly. So this picture was there were towering mountains in the background. Overhead was a, a, a pure a blue sky, fluffy white clouds. And all who saw the picture thought, this is the perfect picture of peace. The other picture had mountains too. But these mountains were rugged and bare. And above them was an angry sky from which rain fell and which lightning played. And down the side of the mountains tumbled troubled foaming water. Now this picture did not look peaceful at all. But when the king examined the picture closely, he saw behind the waterfall a tiny bush growing in the crack of the rock. And in the bush, a mother bird had built her nest. There in the midst of the rush of the angry water tumbling down the mountain and the storms around her, he saw the mother bird on her nest in perfect peace. Now, which picture do you think won the prize? The king chose the second one because, explained the king, peace does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or hard work. Peace means to be in the midst of all those things and still be calm in your heart through Christ. That is the real meaning of peace. Peace unto you. Go in peace, let's pray. Father, thank you for the peace that you give us. And the world didn't give it to us and the world can't take it away. So we know that it comes from you. Because of your sacrifices, because of your sufferings, we can have peace. Because of your Holy Spirit, we hear your peace flowing through our veins in the midst of difficulty. And Lord, 
Thank you for the wholeness that you give us. The forgiveness. The love. The hope. Lord, let us grasp today in this moment your peace. That as we leave this place, you go with us constantly revealing that peace to us. Thank you, Lord, for all you are to us and that peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and sing this old song, Peace, Peace, Wonderful Peace.
Jesus.